Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One thing you hear a lot from people who come to Baton Rouge after having been away for a while is how different it is, how improved it is, how much it has grown, and how impressed they are with the rebirth of downtown and the revitalization in other up-and-coming neighborhoods. But all that redevelopment didn't happen by accident. There's been a lot of planning over the past 25 years to bring not only downtown, but areas like Mid-City, the Perkins Road Overpass area, and Old Goodwood back to life. My guests today have been at the forefront of this effort. First is Davis Rohr. He's the executive director of the Downtown Development District, a post he has held since the organization was founded in 1987. Davis has overseen the implementation of two major land use plans for downtown. He's also been a tireless advocate for the city's historic center during the development of signature projects like the Shaw Center for the Arts and the IBM Complex, the emergence of the Third Street Entertainment Corridor, and the redevelopment of dozens of old office buildings into chic new apartment complexes. Davis, it's a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch today. Glad to be here. (laughs) Joining me in Davis is another key figure in the planning and development, not only of downtown, but of the entire capital region. Lou Thomas is the executive director of CPEX, the Center for Planning Excellence. It's a nonprofit organization that coordinates urban, rural, and regional planning efforts in Louisiana by providing best practice planning models, innovative policy ideas, and also technical assistance to individual communities. Since its founding in 2006, CPEX has been involved with the planning efforts of more than 20 Louisiana cities, towns, and parishes. It's hard to believe CPEX is only a decade old and has made such a difference in such a relatively short amount of time. Boo, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's great to be here, Stephanie. Well, Davis, I want to start with you. The story of downtown renaissance is an incredible success story. You've said it many times. Currently, more than 40 projects underway, nearly 4,000 residents with some you know, 500 or so residential units under construction, 600 plus businesses in the downtown area. Go back to the 90s or even the early 2000s, downtown was something of a ghost town. How did this all happen? I know that we have seen a lot of things change in the last couple of years, but it's taken years of planning to get there. You know, early on when the Baton Rouge 2000 was first launched by former mayor Pat Screen, you know, was consolidation of state government downtown. It was to do something with the old uh, Heidelberg Hotel, which is now the Hilton. It was to get the River Center built. So there were a lot of things, big ticket items that we had to start with first. And I had to do all sorts of things, like for the state, the state had leases all over the parish and they were lucrative leases, but the state didn't have any competition. So I had to go to the legislature and get them, Act 761, I remember it well, in 1990, to get them to uh, require them to do a master plan for downtown to consolidate because their own studies said they would save millions of dollars if they did do that and to come up with a plan. 
So the state did that, and it just so happened in the course of that in the mid-90s, you know, we did start a few buildings before the Foster administration, but the Foster administration was the culmination of building so many buildings, and then uh, the Blanco administration followed as well. But when you have over 2 million square feet of office space, 2 million square feet of parking garages, over 3,000 new employees, it makes a tremendous difference. And, and then we've been building upon that. We got that critical mass of state workers downtown that the and, and commercial that was, development started to follow. And that was before, and I will never forget telling former Mayor Tom Ed McHugh, and this was in the mid-90s, we're completing our plan of 2000, Baton Rouge 2000. It's time to update, at the same time the Baton Rouge Area Foundation was looking at uh, bringing in the new urbanist concept into Baton Rouge and did a series of lectures and ended up hiring uh, Andres Diwani and Boo and I worked together on Plan Baton Rouge and that was in 1998. Wow. And so the stuff that we're seeing now has really been in the works for two decades, better part of two decades. And, and that's something I think that it's important for people to know that when there's a lots of discussion going on around with, with North Baton Rouge, and I'm happy to meet with the groups there, it's going to take some time. You know, and it, but you have to have good planning. You know, uh, it is so essential because if you don't, you, it th things aren't going to, they're not going to kick off and you have to have somebody also working it every day. And I want to, and so what role has the DDD played in all this and, you know, what is the function of the DDD because I think a lot of people misunderstand and they complain that downtown gets all this money and, yeah. but mm. that's not the way it really works. No, and, and we're funded by a 10 mil property tax that's voted on by the voters that live in the downtown area. I go to the voters every five years, which is unusual. That's a short amount of time, but that gives them an opportunity. If they don't like what we're doing to vote us out, but they're an assessed an additional 10 mils and that's what funds our operation. Now, we still don't have a whole lot of money because you have government downtown, they don't pay property taxes. We have 10 churches, you know, and they're homestead, and we have homestead exemption. So, but I think one of our strengths is that we know and we, it's essential that you have to partner with other organizations who have the same beliefs, whether it's CPEX, the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, the mayor's office, the state government. We've been through a period of 12 years where we have a mayor who understands the importance of downtown. Now, back to the thing about money, though, that's, that is something that unfortunately gets out there. People say they think that all oh, the money's coming downtown. Well, it's actually private sector investing in downtown because of the stability and the predictability that we have with planning. And part of our job is to make sure that that does stay stable. And then it becomes a positive snowball sort of right. effect, right? right? And it attracts more and more. Right. Boo Davis has mentioned a couple of times the importance of planning. And that's really why CPEX was created by the Baton Rouge Area Foundation a decade ago? Exactly, and I think to begin um, our work was with Plan Baton Rouge. We were known as Plan Baton Rouge. It was just a small uh, staff that was housed and supported by the Baton Rouge Area Foundation. And uh, I, my one goal every day was to wake up and implement Plan Baton Rouge. For those who aren't familiar, what is Plan Baton Rouge? It is 104 action items to actually work with the DDD, to work with my dear friend Davis Rohr to take downtown and implement every plan to look at every property, every street, every sidewalk. Davis is doing that on a daily basis. This was taking a plan that looked at all of these things together and Davis had to be working with the city with all the agencies and my only job was to implement those 104 action 
items in that plan. And so it's different from the, da the daily operations of a DDD. It was a very different thing. So what you see, and David said that a number of times, is that without a really great visionary plan, you cannot move a place forward. And so we had uh, unprecedented participation in a plan like this where you had people who began to understand that a plan for downtown was not for the people that live downtown or even the people that work downtown. It was for the entire community. It's the one place, I said that so many times and I say it today, it's the one place where people can gather that are every race, every income level, every age, and we come together and really understand and get to know each other. Absolutely. And, and, and Baton Rouge, there's a lot of discussion right now about the divisions between North Baton Rouge and South Baton Rouge. How can planning and organizations such as CPEX and the DDD help to bridge that gap or that perceived gap? Um, well, I think that one of the things that we have seen in every project that we've done, whether it's at a small scale or a large scale, is you when you get people together and show them what the choices are and you explain to them, I'm not taking away something from you, I'm actually trying to show you what the opportunities are. And so if when you work in, um, in any neighborhood, it's always about what are you here for? Why are you taking this away from me? And then you begin to show, well, here's some possibilities. And I think that's what we showed in downtown. Yeah, That's what we've showed in every project. In, in the done. case of downtown too, but where it's located, you know, you have, you've got to have that strong core. And, and, th and then development needs to ripple out from that. So if you don't have that core though, you're never going to have anything in and some of these other areas. And, and this stuff, was so. something I wanted to ask you about because we're starting to see that ripple out, for yeah. instance, with downtown east, east right. uh -huh. which are the areas east of Interstate 110 right. uh -huh. and projects like the Government Street 1509 and the Arkell Building and some of those other. Absolutely. And, and that is, and of course, we're now, that's part of our new area, which will actually that we went to the voters in October for a new expanded area that goes out to the railroad tracks at 14th Street. Again, it passed by 80%, so we're very excited, but that taxing comes into play in 2017, so we're gearing up for that right now, and I'm actually already working on several projects. But, you know, I see the interstate, which is kind of like this, this uh, barrier or dividing line, changing that completely to become a transition. So underneath there, you're going to see some cool lighting. That we, that's why we introduced the Louisiana Connection. We're going under there, and there's a whole prime area and along. this for Greenway, walking, greenway. biking right. trail. Right, but look at a Greenway, too, is also a place as a means to get to the job centers. You know, if you don't have cars and stuff, you don't, people don't realize how close all of this is until you start, and the green is the green link, and that's part of Plan Baton Rouge 2, is use the green link to pull everything together. So that's what we're doing with that. All right, we're gonna talk some more about this, but, but I wanna bring in another special guest who's joining us today, and I believe y'all are both familiar with him. His name is Dustin Sutton, and he is the founder of Go Downtown BR, which promotes downtown culture, nightlife, festival, and events on social media platforms with beautiful pictures. Dustin is a Baton Rouge native who graduated from LSU in 2009 with a degree in landscape architecture. After traveling the world, he came back to his hometown and started taking great pictures of all the happening stuff he found downtown. And it has really grown from there. So Dustin, it's great to have you here with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's Thanks an honor. for being here. And so while Davis advocates for downtown through official channels, you're out there <laughs> doing it on Instagram and Facebook. And at last check, you had 
what, how many, like 11,000 uh, followers? Over 15,500 right now. Fantastic. Yes, it's, it's growing so fast. Now, is this a hobby for you? Or yes, or it's, it's definitely, well, it started as a hobby, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, as I was saying before to someone else, it was, it's growing so fast, and every day I get so many emails about, can you promote this event, you know, this art exhibit, it's, it's becoming a lot more than a hobby, but I really do love and you know, enjoy doing it. So. So, so the mission of Go Downtown BR is to promote downtown? Exactly. Everything within the downtown development district, you know, as Davis was saying earlier, so many people have a um, misperception of downtown, and I would really want to change that. You know, I want to, I've worked outside, you know, the outskirts of downtown and Plaquemine and, you know, north of Baton Rouge, and so many people don't even know the historic neighborhoods downtown or live at the five. So I really want to bring attention to that and get, you know, get the word out to as many people as possible how great downtown is and how, how many things are changing and how great it's going to be. Now, have you figured out how to monetize this yet? Oh, no. <laughs> Still <laughs> working on that. That is one of the challenges, I suppose, yeah. is taking something really great. And, but, but, it's, but there are definitely possibilities. Oh, I yeah, suppose. there are definitely possibilities. You know, I promote events. I get, you know, I go to, you know, I get to go to those events usually and promote them. And, you know, they encourage me to come and send me tickets. So that's great, you know. That is so great. Davis, how important is it to have people like Dustin in the trenches at the grassroots level, generating interest and excitement among you know millennials? Well, as I told him, he's he's one of my heroes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you have somebody else that, you know, is just seeing this from a little bit different perspective and a fabulous he's a fabulous photographer too, though. Thank you. Thank you, know, <laughs> you really need to go to his <laughs> webpage. But uh, it's interesting now. There's a common link with all three of us here because we all have landscape architecture yes. degrees. No kidding. Yes, yes. I'm so, so jealous. Yeah. So I wish I did. <laughs> you have, uh, you have, uh, you know, I think, a, and, and I actually everybody in my office that works for me is has a landscape architecture degree, whether graduate or undergraduate. But and I think yeah. what's important, let me just point out, is that a landscape architecture degree, or that bent, mm -hmm. gives you a much larger worldview. You learn yeah. to how does the land interact with the people, how does the value of that land, yeah. and bringing those things together and looking at them as one big unit is what I think makes it it, uh, it does and you know what special. and I like is when people when I think about something or an idea knowing that I have a staff that understands what I'm thinking about and you know it helps tremendously but it's all about you know how things work together and yeah. people come together I was I, d I did a little a, a study abroad in, in um, Italy at one time and I, I came back going this is we're missing so much in Baton Rouge because the social interaction of people, and it, it, it amounted to the design and the proportion and scale, even the way we design buildings. And my wife has told me on so many different occasions, she looks at Town Square and other things, she goes, I can see your influence here. Mm -hmm. And I was determined, we had green spaces before and nobody was in them, they had no, and nothing was being used. And for me to argue to try to get a park, was was w wouldn't happen because they don't see anything action there. So everything we did do now has activity in it. It's designed for that. And, and, and you can yeah. see the effectiveness yeah. of mm -hmm. that. But why were we so late to the table in Baton Rouge with respect to planning? Because you see examples of that everywhere too. You know, well, no connectivity. <laughs> no. <coughs> mm -hmm. It's j it's part of the culture of Louisiana, and that's what we saw after Katrina and Rita, is that of the 64 parishes, we had 
only three parishes that actually had any sort of a comprehensive plan that looked at land use transportation green space. Three, three out of 64. In Baton Rouge, we were really fortunate that we did have a comprehensive plan that was adopted in 1992, one of those three. But the culture of understand when you say a plan, what's the first thing that anybody says? Oh, it's just going to sit want somebody on the shelf. Yeah. Sit on the shelf. Right. Yeah. And I don't want someone else yeah. to tell well, me what and to that's do. The other and that's, thing, that was a driving factor for me. Mentality. I was not going to have anything we do sit on a shelf and not be implemented and stuff. I'll have to tell you now, I, I think, you know, because I did work in the planning commission before, and what I saw was a very, for Baton Rouge, was basically growth along the transportation corridors. Those are the ones that basically fueled how we are today. You look at first Florida, then I-12, then I-10. And so the growth went that way and stuff. And so now we're having to deal with that. And, and it's it's tough. Well, we're to going to talk around. about how we can deal with it in just a minute. But we're going to take a break and have a couple of little fun questions. This is the part of the show that we call the checklist, where we ask you These something fun that you might not find, uh, you might not get from a, a loan officer or something. Dustin, I'm going to start with you. Here's one. Do you have a pet? Uh, I have more than w one pet. I have three dogs. Really? Um, yep, definitely. And if you follow my page, if you don't, check it out. I actually have one dog, Jax. He's a little beagle mix. And um, he actually, I po promote him in a lot of my pictures of downtown. He makes appearances. And the funny part <laughs> about that is actually those tend to be my most popular pictures. I whether it's surprised. Live at the Five or Fest for All or any of the downtown events. People seem to love the pictures I, you know, incorporate with. Well, and in people it. with pets probably like oh. to know that it's a pet-friendly event or, or yes. get ideas for what to do with their animals. Yeah, that's great. We're definitely going to check that out. Davis, here's one for you. What's the worst decision you ever made? That's a fun question. That's a fun <laughs> question. <laughs> we that could I be here uh, all afternoon. That, that I didn't uh, probably just listen to my own instinct. I'm pretty really good about making decisions and stuff and second guessed it because of uh, some other type of outside influence but you learn you know and so you move on and you say you, yeah, and so um, there's a lot of things we do that you need to have public input on whether you like it or not and a lot of people hate that they just don't want to go through the process they'd rather just make a decision but you have to to get the buy-in for a project and stuff so I don't think you uh, answered the question <laughs> this is how you've kept this position since 1987. You know That's how exactly to right. <laughs> You're good. Mm -hmm. All right, Boo, what's the, we'll try you. What's the biggest waste of time in your life that you wish you could get rid of? Oh, oh my God. I think I had the easiest question. <laughs> I would just say sitting uh, at my desk and doing emails. I know that that is the most efficient way to take care of business, but how much time I waste in just fooling around with emails. And so I uh, know that that is just uh, not as productive as it could be. Yeah, our, our lives have definitely gotten a lot a lot busier since email. But I wonder about social media too, and yet I'm looking at Dustin here and thinking, well, social media is, social media is very valuable, but it's also a big time waster, I guess. Yeah. Dustin, how do you uh, yeah. how oh do you make your social media effective and useful and no, not us? It's, <laughs> it's hard to get pictures. I mean, I do have a full-time job and, you know, besides my social media platform, so it's, it's hard to, you know, it takes time. Once a week I try to get out, schedule time, like an hour at least to go take some pictures 
pictures and you know hopefully I can make the events that I'm not working and you know but it takes time to you know edit the pictures get the right angle you know sometimes I do you know they say there's writer's block I do have <laughs> picture <laughs> block I guess you call it and you know coming up the right caption that's a hard part too. Spending so much time downtown as you do and, and looking at it through a really positive lens yes. what do you see is, is still lacking down there? Um, well, w with the recent uh, Mathern's downtown, I think that was a huge catalyst, um, having the grocery store downtown. I live in Beauregard town, so I mean, that so it makes it a lot easier well. yeah. for me to go take pictures, but that really saved, you know, me and my wife a lot of time just having a grocery store downtown. So that's really driving, you know, now that you see the, all these um, new announcements of residential condos coming, um, you know, downtown, so it really helped. Do you is uh, what are we still missing? downtown Davis in your opinion or, or boo I think that we need more residential more just because what happens is you want the natural market to then bring in the next step and that's different types of retail mm -hmm. we see so much and we focus so much on downtown because it is really exciting but boo what neighborhoods in Baton Rouge do you do you are you also getting excited about are you seeing really interesting well, things you, happening you mentioned earlier the the Perkins Road overpass area I think that has been amazing to see the amount of uh, action and um, new businesses come in that area and walk uh, seeing pedestrians walking around who are taking their lives in their hands walking <laughs> so that's uh, interesting yeah. but look at government street oh my goodness yeah, to see um you know when we did the better when the center for planning excellence did the better block project in april of 2013 just to show how you could take that four-lane corridor and change it to three lanes and put bike paths on either side we just thought that's pie in the sky, that'll never happen, and Mayor Hovind decides this is gonna happen, the state DOTD is making it happen. I think just the promise of that has encouraged other businesses to come, and you're starting to see new restaurants open, mm -hmm. not chains. Right. Chains don't seem to work in downtown <laughs> and in the inner and city in neighborhoods. older neighborhoods, yeah. The inner ring neighborhoods. Um, but uh, you're beginning to see some innovative businesses that are being very successful. And so that's what's really interesting. I think you mentioned Old Goodwood, but I think what we're seeing is that it doesn't matter what area you're in. If you can do some sort of a gathering place, some sort of a mini Main Street where you could have walkable businesses, or once you got there, maybe you could walk around. That's what you're seeing. Perkins Row has become so popular. Look at Willow Grove. Yeah. I mean, the way that that is really promoting that kind of lifestyle change, which then um, speaks and to Harveston and, and oh such. Yes, so Harveston people like to beautiful. move to these new planned communities, traditional neighborhood developments where they have the walkability. But if you talk about existing neighborhoods and doing cut through streets or trying to change what's already there, you get the NIMBY effect. I mean, do yes. you see, and I know NIMBYism has been so entrenched here because of, I think, our strong property rights mentality and everybody wanted something better mm -hmm. as long as it wasn't in my backyard. How do you overcome that? It's all about <laughs> showing, you is demonstrating a workable project. Whenever you do something new for the first time, it's always going to be harder. You know, and what, what Boo's not telling you, though, is <laughs> she did the demonstration project on government. It was not easy. What we're doing here with Greenways and, and the streetscape, we're creating a sense of place so it's not just for cars to get through real quick. 
It's for you to stop and to be and to experience whether on a bike, walking, or in a car. And that and whole stuff, sense so. of place is so important. I think that's why people love downtown because it's inherent, I guess, when you have old architecture. You know, you get that sense of place. And the river, so many of the newer developments here or the you know, mid-century developments here don't have that sense of place. Yeah, I know in um, Beauregard Town, I'm the vice president right now in Beauregard Town, and I've really been pushing to help strengthen the sense of place. So many people know Spanish Town. I mean, they You're do right. the parade, which, you know, helps. Uh, maybe one day Beauregard Town will get a parade named after it. But So we're really right now focusing on what we can do in Beauregard Town, whether it's just a flag that, you know, all the proud residents, you know, fly or businesses on their property or maybe some kind of street planting. Um, we do have the crepe myrtles and a lot of them are starting to age so we've been having talks of what we can you know maybe have a new program to reintroduce more crepe myrtles into neighborhoods what that have been taken down. What about rezoning in Beauregard Town and Spanish Town? I know that's always been sort of an age-old question. If you could rezone to make it all you know A1 single-family residential you, you'd get that. Instead well, half of them are law firms or Well what happened was, this um, and this was actually when I was in college, I remembered when there was a conversion a lot of the older homes into to law offices and stuff. You have to, from a positive point of view, you have to look at it that they actually save the structures mm -hmm. by doing that. Sure. And then when I, what I asked the planning commission to do, one of the first things I did, began back to Baton Rouge 2000, and then later planned Baton Rouge, is to stop allowing rezoning in the neighborhoods and to keep it, to try to keep it residential. And it was, again, it was a hard thing for them to understand at the time because that wasn't the trend, but that's what, where we needed to be and stuff. So that has been the trend now. There's been some conversion back to residential. Let me tell you what, that neighborhood, by the way, has got, it's three times bigger than Spanish Town. It's got a terrain like you wouldn't believe. It's, it's wonderful. hilly. It's so wonderful. And, and then it was always a, um, a mixed income, mixed race neighborhood, and it always had some commercial in it. And so to, to think that in 18, from 1806 to today, it's still thriving with that. And I think now, better than ever, it's, it's protected. Absolutely, better when, than ever. When they were I talking agree. about interstate expansion recently, is the first thing we looked at, at Borgard Town, Spanish Town, to make sure that nothing hurts these neighborhoods and stuff. And anything yeah. they've come up with is, we're fine. Oh, and so as you were so. saying, I mean, I purchased my house two years ago and it was an office for a good 30 years. And I mean, and especially since- you converted it back to Yes, exactly. And it's since IBM's opened, Downtown, you wouldn't believe the number of properties being flipped downtown. People coming and renovating them, and it's a lot of young professionals moving in, a lot of young families um, that are taking advantage of you know the walkability to the North Boulevard Town Square to all the events to the restaurants. I can remember in 1998 when we had the charrette and talking about would people ever move back downtown, we were laughed out of the whole old state capital. That is ridiculous. Exactly what has happened. And look where we are today. Well, Boo Thomas, Davis Rohr, and Dustin Sutton, there are a lot of great things going on in Baton Rouge downtown and, and citywide, and y'all are all part of making it happen. So I wish we had more time, but thank y'all for your insights and observations. I can't believe it's over. It's so over quick. already. Oh, so we told you I go fast. <laughs> My, thank you. <laughs> My guest today on Out to Lunch have been Davis Rohr, Executive Director of the Downtown Development District. Boo Thomas, Executive Director of the Center for Planning Excellence, and Dustin Sutton, founder of Go Downtown BR. You can find out more about the DDD, CPEX, and Go Downtown BR by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. 
Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard. Mansour's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf, 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com Thank you.